Welcome to Season 2 of the Filament Games Podcast, a show dedicated to game-based learning. Here are your hosts, Brandon Pitzer and Dan Norton. I like that part right before the last, the very last part where the booping intensifies in the song. That's also my favorite part. Yeah. When like, Josh boop, just boop, turned boop, the, boop, the boop dial yeah, all boop, the way boop to goes 10. Over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, oh, there's so many boops. And then they go away. And <laughs> just, it's like, you're like, oh. Just at the critical moment. Yeah. When you might be overwhelmed. You might be over booped, but no. <laughs> you're brought back from the threshold. Uh, here we are. Yeah. Another day, another podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> what are you playing these days, Dan? Should oh, we wait, introduce no, ourselves? Let's introduce Crystal. Well, I, I, I mean, she's right here. <laughs> yeah, she, she's already laughing. I mean, they know. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. So <laughs> they will right. know me by my laugh. Yeah. So we've got Dan Norton. We've That's got me. me. That's you. You're going home with that every every week. Yeah. That's that's guaranteed. Yeah, except that one week. Except for I that could, one time where you betrayed me. Dark times. <laughs> I'm filled with regret. Uh, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> about, about this. I mean, like, let's not get into that. Yeah. Because it's way more wide-ranging, this podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also have Krista Lee Malone with us. Yeah, we do. Hello. She was laughing earlier. Now she's speaking. Mm-hmm. I, right. I speak sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> she's a versatile guest. <laughs> she speaks. She laughs. Um, so uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and and what you do uh, by, <clears throat> by means of introduction. Okay. Well, uh, I guess the simple story would be that I'm a game scholar. Right. Uh, I just finished my PhD last um, December. Congratulations. My, thank you. Um, hence the shirt. Right. Trust me, I'm oh, literally the doctor. You are the doctor, oh, right? There's a doctor in the house. We have a doctor in the house. <laughs> this do. is exciting. Yep. Um, so uh, I did. <clears throat> I've been working with games for about ten years. I've done some research on World of Warcraft, uh, Final Fantasy XI. Mm-hmm. Most recently, uh, I was in Taiwan and I worked for an educational game company. Um, and then, <clears throat> as part of Honestly, as a part of like my contract deal, I was like, okay, if you want to hire me, you have to let me write my dissertation <laughs> on your company. Mm. Um, and surprisingly, they agreed because right. I was not expecting that. I thought they're going to say no, and then I'm going to have to say, well, I have to turn down this job because I'm trying to finish my degree. They're like, no, that'll be great. Yeah. So for two years, I worked at this company. Um, I worked mainly on this MMORPG that they were making. Okay. Um, and then came home, right, wrote my dissertation, and that's uh, beautiful. That's about it, I think. That's super cool. That's super cool. And we will get back into the subject of that work in a little bit. I do. As I obviously, I've revealed my hand. I really want to know what Dan Norton's playing. <laughs> <laughs> Tip my cards. Okay. Well, I mean, so it's been uh, the the uh, crucially mentioned it. World of Warcraft is just re- uh, released their Demon Hunters yesterday. So now you can go hunt demons. Did you roll a Demon Hunter? I did immediately. Yep. I actually pre I I reserved the name uh, Illa Danielle. <laughs> for myself so I got Illa Danielle running around <laughs> and she's stabbing stuff and jumping around and uh, I'm really proud of you man I know right I was, I, yeah. <laughs> what, what race did you roll uh, I, well there's only one option uh, you gotta be a blood elf 
Really? Oh, you could if, if you're playing Alliance, you could be a Night Elf. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I think via a glitch, which mm-hmm. I, I saw a Pandaren Demon Hunter yesterday. Whoa. I think someone found a way to cheat. A Panda Demon Hunter. Yeah, because nice. I don't think that's supposed to happen. But there they were. It's, that's awfully sinister for the... <laughs> it was really cool. Traditionally <laughs> like, neutral pandas. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that'll, that'll get, they'll get patched into oblivion. But yeah. it, it would be amazing if they were able to keep that character. That would be um, cool. And let's see... Um, Yesterday, also, uh, No Man's Sky came out Ooh. for PlayStation. I do not have a PlayStation, but I will be playing it on Friday when it comes out for PC. I didn't know that was staggered. Yeah, they had a um, some. It was unexpected. People were uh, upset, and there was gnashing of teeth. Yet another riot. Yeah, related to No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's a very. <laughs> it's a very nervous audience because they're all well aware that they could doom themselves with their own expectations. <laughs> um, but all of the preliminary play, uh, also a bunch of places broke street date. So lots of people were playing mm-hmm. it before it came out and mm-hmm. uh, it just looks amazing. So I I also have a new computer rig coming. So I think No Man's Sky, like, pushing all the pixels is going to probably take over my life for a little while. <laughs> we, we need to do like a special episode where you just go one by one through all the specs of that rig. Yeah. And we can just salivate about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, that, that would be compelling listening. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, who's got the smoothest voice in, in, uh, in filament? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Cause we should have, so, we should have someone with like a really silky <laughs> voice, like, like just describe all the specs <laughs> just like a, a nice bass yeah low bass mm-hmm. tune behind it <laughs> all right how about, how about you well what am i playing um just still a little bit of overwatch a yeah. bit of that yeah. um you know traditionally i'm terrible at shooters and um overwatch is not an exception i'm i'm very bad at it <laughs> <That's all right. laughs> <That's all right. laughs> but do you uh um have you done any of these summer games no, I haven't. No, oh, okay. I have not. I mean, it looks cool. Mm-hmm. It looks cool, but I haven't. I haven't touched that yet. Well, basically, I mean, the real highlight is that McCree, the cowboy. Uh huh. Many, many like country, country pride uniforms were uh, revealed for the different characters. So, okay. Like Diva's got like a, a a Korean Mac, and it's really cool. All right. Uh, but McCree has like a tattered American flag cape. Uh. And it's just kind of awesome. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's, um, yeah. it's so America. That's yeah. The, the the value of that is extremely obvious. It is. Yeah. It's super. Uh, it's we, super good. We need not explain it. Yeah. Um, Crystal Lee, what are you playing? Uh, well, first, I want to say I am also waiting for No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm. Although, yeah. it might have to wait for Thanksgiving break for me. I was going <laughs> to say we should play together, but uh, apparently that is not a thing that happens. Everyone's like out in the void by themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not realize that, although I still want to play it because yeah. it looks amazing. I saw one trailer. No, I've seen more than one trailer, but the last trailer I saw, I was just, I need this now. I know, right? It's a game of like cataloging planets and creatures via, uh, well, there's actually community built taxonomies at this point. Some people are like, we should name things with the following conventions. <laughs> that would be awesome. I know. I'm like, yes, let's do that. <laughs> there's like an app where you can like put in the attributes of a given uh, planet or creature and it'll generate the name you can give it. So it's in a, in a, in a formed convention that, so when another player comes by mm-hmm. and sees it, it's, 
it you know it fits the spec. But I mean, to me, that's like I'm most excited about that game because it is not it does not apparently center exclusively on just combat. No nope. killing stuff. No, nope. and I feel like that. I was thinking about this the other day, like because you and I talk about like the time to create theory, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. I just like I feel like there could also be like a time to punch theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's such a, I don't know. It's just like everything you play, you have to kill something and hit it with objects. Yeah. And there, there still is the shooting of things in this game, but yeah. it's not the thing at all. Right. I, I, they also released a patch, a day one patch. They'll be coming for a PC uh, that. Uh, you can get an animal to become a pet, and then you can feed that animal some resources from the planet, and then it will excrete another possibly <laughs> rare resource. <laughs> Wonderful. Right? <laughs> I mean, how can this not be the best game, game ever? I've always <laughs> wanted. It's going to be the best game ever. I'm that freaking out. At long last. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well... I think we've conclusively covered what we're playing. Okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> or, I mean, I could keep or going. Are hoping to play. Yeah, um, next week's podcast is going to be like this No Man's Sky like data dump. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, will, I will look forward to that one. Yeah. The dump data dump. You should come back for it. And, uh, yeah, so you can give your give your. Oh wait, well, you said you're going to wait till Thanksgiving. Yeah, I kind of I kind of have to space out buying new games with school breaks. Mm-hmm. So that's that reasonable. I actually get my work done. That's reasonable. Right? That's totally reasonable. Let's talk a little bit more about uh, your experiences working on games in Taiwan. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more about just the nature of that MMO and kind of like, you know, maybe like what genre it fit into, what the overall objective was, like who the target audience was, that kind of stuff, just a little bit of context. Yeah, sure. Um, <clears throat> so as an educational game, the idea is to teach children between the ages of about 6 to 14 uh, how to speak English. Okay. Um, in the beginning... It was, that age group was actually strictly enforced. So if a kid turned 14, they would be asked to leave. Um, because it's like Logan's run. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Will you please step into this booth? <laughs> um, well, the idea there, um, so they eventually changed that. I will say that. So okay. they, they eventually just let it go. But the, the original idea was they wanted this safe space for kids where they could make mistakes without having adults around you know, correcting them and kind mm-hmm. of taking the font out of the game. Um, ironically, the reason they ended up changing it was because they kept having adults just lying about their age and <laughs> en- and enrolling their own character to play the game to learn English, mm. right? Because mm-hmm. even though it was designed for kids, it's still way more fun to sit down to an MMO than totally. it is to sit down to a textbook, mm-hmm. right? And English is hard. Mm-hmm. Like, it really is. Um, something I think, you know, if, if you're a native speaker, you might not necessarily realize. But yeah, after living abroad for a while, I realized, like, yeah, English is it's a twisted language, it's, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's strange and it's incredibly expansive. Right. It, right. It, uh, it's like the Katamari Damacy of languages. Yeah. <laughs> it just rolls over stuff and accumulates it. Yeah. And so, I, th- yeah. I think it's like we have like we very rarely use words that mean actually what we're trying to say. Like everything's a metaphor or an analogy. Yeah. Like all the time. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Although that doesn't seem to be too hard, at least for the Chinese speakers, because they do the same thing. Oh, okay. And mm. they have all these like double meanings to the characters and stuff. Um, mm. But anyways, I digress. So it's this, <laughs> it's this MMO, you roll a character, right? Um, 
and you have these pets called fabos um you know kind of the best uh i guess analog to that would be like a pokemon okay. type thing right yes. so you're going to catch them We've you heard can of the pokemons. you can battle them um, you have to have one in order to actually do anything in the game. So if you mess up really bad mm-hmm. and your Fabo runs away from you, which is possible because you have to feed it and mm-hmm. give it mm-hmm. things to drink or whatever, mm-hmm. um, you have no option but to go back and get another one. Okay. Um, and there's this whole mythology about how uh, these two scientists were trying to make these toys come alive and that's where fabos come from Mm -hmm. Um, but it goes horribly wrong and there's this explosion and there's this one fabo that basically goes bad and his name's octocomputer he is an octopus computer (laughs) Uh, it doesn't sound bad it sounds great (laughs) it does except for he is trying to take over talking island which is the name of this place Um, and that's kind of the mythology but all of this is actually based on real American places and cultural customs Mm. because of course if you want to learn a language you also have to learn how to use it and because of all the metaphors right you have to know something about the culture Mm -hmm. so Talking Island is based off of New York um, and they did an excellent job I mean it's a cartoon version of New York um, but in my dissertation I even have screenshots where if you if you look at this picture and you have been to New York, you would know that place. Mm. Um, Times Square especially. Mm-hmm. Um, there is like... You've got Guy Fieri's restaurant in there. <laughs> not quite there. Because <laughs> kids, right? So yeah. the, the big toy store, I can't remember the real name of it, but there's that huge famous toy store Antio in Times Square. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's in there. Of course, everything's named differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, again, everything is named differently, right? Not running afoul of copyright here. Right. And But they're still recognizable. So like you could still, like a kid playing this game could go to New York and be like, hey, I, I caught a Fabo there or I got this prize there and I know I know this place. Mm-hmm. Sure. All right. Very cool. So, so it's just got like kind of this meta narrative about it's almost gremlin-like in a way, right? <laughs> it's like uh, a, a creature has gone rogue. Um, so, you know, is that driven by um, kind of this organization's understanding of their customer base? Like they, you know, they're feeling that like this narrative is going to be crucial to the the success of the game? Or like, is that is that something that was just kind of like, I guess the fictional wrapping for the more like straightforward educational and research methodologies, research-based methodologies, I should say, baked into the game? Um, so I feel like it was both to some extent, okay. but there was definitely a strong emphasis on the educational aspect. Um, I don't want to necessarily say first, mm-hmm. but I definitely knew that side more. I spent more time working with the education department than I did with, like, say, the art department. Sure. Um, so I do know more about that. Um, but they tried really taking, engaging aspects from existing non-educational games and then looked at all of the research about what um, creates an immersive experience for language learning since everybody agrees that that's the best way to do it mm-hmm. and then really tried to combine those. So getting a little bit more granular about um, 
the language learning research mm-hmm. like basis. Um, you know, we recently just kind of ran an article about um, information gap learning. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that's like kind of emerged from the realm of language learning, um, kind of within the I think with within the sub umbrella of like task based language learning. Um, so can you speak to like some of that? What are you smirking about I'm right just, now, Dan Norton? I'm just thinking about a TD umbrella <laughs> that's like under the other umbrella. Yes. Yeah. So within this hierarchy of I'm umbrellas. I'm dry under here. <laughs> Thanks, bigger umbrella. <laughs> that was really good. Yep, sorry. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so some of those like specific things, like how did you bake those into the game? You know, like identifying specifically what methodologies were drawn on and then how those kind of manifested into gameplay mechanics. Um. Okay, so... Uh, let me I'm think. Like putting you on the spot right now, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Just a few examples, yeah. a selection, if you will. The timer has started. Sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so one of them that, well, I'll take the most obvious one. Uh, so that you have these, um, it's like a flashcard. They call it an ubu. Okay. I, I'm going to keep saying like because they have all their own words, right? right? right but right. kind of make it understandable. So they have these things. It's like a flashcard. They call it an ubu. Um, but flashcards are boring, right? Mm-hmm. The other thing is that there are, and this is not the only game that does this, but there's other games that have these algorithms where you don't just repeat the same thing over and over again, but like after a certain amount of time and that algorithm works out that you will practice again before you forget without making it seem repetitive, right? Mm-hmm. So they have one of these algorithms working. and um, But to make it really a part of the gameplay, if so if I'm walking down Times Square and I see a fab out, I want to battle, um, a flat, one of these flashcards will come up and then I will have to speak the word mm-hmm. into the computer in order to be able to make my next move. Mm. Um, so, and it'll come up with, uh, uh, trying to think of something like say floor. And there's a funny reason why that's in my memory actually. Mm-hmm. And it'll have a picture, um, depending on the word, it might have an arrow. So that's really clear what aspect of the picture it's talking about. Um, so this will come up, I say floor and if it's successful and they have this whole little rating scale on the mm-hmm. side, all of which is pos- uh, positive also, okay. right? Mm-hmm. So there's no, right. they really take out all of the negativity right. or as much as possible, right? So even if you completely, utterly fail, yeah. the game says, that was a really nice try. Try yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's a, yeah, it's the Nintendo methodology of, mm-hmm. <laughs> of negative feedback. Sure, <laughs> right. Nice try. <laughs> you succeeded in a different way. <laughs> yeah. right, so, so is that literally speaking, like there's voice recognition technology in the game? or Yes. Okay. So the voice technology was based off, so they started making this before Siri was released for Apple, but right. it's based on the same nuance technology prototype of before okay. Siri. Gotcha. Um, they had uh, so they didn't create that; they licensed that from I think whoever it was. I think it was Nuance Dragon that did that. Was it? Yeah, okay. I think so. Um, mm. Oh right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So they licensed that, and they they had it in there. Okay. Um, but. Uh, and I obviously I played the game a lot, but I do want to say the reason why floor came up as that example is because mm-hmm. according to this game, I cannot pronounce the word floor. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> I can hear floor. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm actually lost right now. What, what, is, she, what, what is she saying? <laughs> okay, well, yeah, that was a huge joke in the office too, right? I'm the really? only. I was the only non-Taiwanese person. I'm a native speaker of English. <laughs> 
And everyone would know if the word floor came up because I'd be sitting there into my microphone, floor, floor, floor. I'm like trying these different combinations of what a double O could be. And I'd have these people laughing at me like, hey, a native speaker can't say floor. Oh, that's amazing. That's interesting. I mean, it really should be F-L-O-R-E. I mean, if we wanted to get down to like, so, I mean... I can imagine it being like, why aren't you saying fleur? <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, huh. So, like, do people in the office just, like, try to find opportunities to make you say that word? Like, hey, what? where are we going in this elevator right now? <laughs> 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 do you know? Uh, too funny. Um, so, uh, I'm interested in, you know, what might be different about working in software, and there might be no difference, <laughs> um, but I'm curious to know, like, what's different about um, developing software in, like, the Taiwanese context versus uh, working on something like that here in the, in the States? Um, so this is a little tricky for me to answer because okay. I've never worked for a software company in the United States. Mm. Oh, okay. All uh, right. So, um, well, yeah, maybe, maybe what are, like, what were some <laughs> of the aspects of design and development that struck you as being obviously Taiwanese. Um, one thing I noticed, and again, maybe it's the same here, I don't know, mm. but everything was so cooperative. Mm. Um, mm. And there was a lot of bleed over between departments. So I was like officially seated in the education department. Um, but that didn't really mean much as far as what my job was because mm-hmm. um, they might need, like I did editing, which was a different department. I also did voice acting for some of the characters, mm-hmm. which was a different department. Um, as long as the word floor wasn't in the script. Right, as long as the word floor is not in the script. Um, I even occasionally went over to the art department. Now, I don't have any art skills, but what I would do is basically work with somebody if they were trying to create um some kind of cultural thing that needed to look right. So when we Mm. did the Christmas quests, the art department had some mock-ups of like Santa Claus, some elves, that kind of stuff. And then I would, you know, go over there and say, you know, not critiquing the art itself, but just saying, well, culturally, this should be changed or that should be changed. You know, like Santa usually has a black belt. Mm. You need to put that on there. Right. He doesn't come out with like a tray of dumplings. He likes <laughs> cookies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Cookies okay. and milk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rudolph, I was like, you have you have to have Rudolph. He needs to have a red nose, but all the other reindeer have to have black noses. Mm. And I said, this is culturally important. <laughs> yeah. That's the myth. And they're yes. just probably like, you are crazy. No. So <laughs> then we created a whole uh, side Christmas storyline about Rudolph getting lost and oh very nice you gotta go help find him all right nice sweet little seasonal promotion there yep Mm -hmm. like it so is this is this mmo live now to play or is it still in development no it's live okay um it actually went into so they were in beta testing when i got hired okay so it's been at least semi-live the entire time i've known it i see Hmm. okay well, we can, I mean, we can totally name drop it if we want to draw people's attention to it. What? What is this mystery MMO? Unless it's under NDA and you can't talk about it. No, I, <laughs> no I'm not. Hey, they gave me full you oh, know, right. you access. Wrote I, yeah. I wrote everything down. And okay. I even said, like, if you want an NDA, I can change the name of the company or whatever. And mm-hmm. they're like, no, it's fine. All right. Uh, so the company was UR Island. Okay. And the game itself is called Talking Island. Um, the problem for anyone who might be listening here is that... If you type Talking Island in English into Google, you actually get these hits about um, 
psalm area in i think it's in lineage Mm. There's an area called Talking Island. Oh, interesting. <laughs> okay. Right. So the only way I have ever gotten Google to give me search results is if I put in the Chinese. Oh. Chinese is you know, you know, you know. All right, so just Google that. Yeah, Google that, everybody. <laughs> Google that. I think I think we can definitely have a link on on our podcast resources. Yes, yeah. we'll we will manage. Mm-hmm. Well, Cat will manage. Cat will manage. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just watch. Um, yep, she's, yep, she's on it. <laughs> Look how happy she is. Um, <laughs> so, um, so uh, another um, something I w- another uh, area I wanted to talk about today um, was another area of your research, which is mm-hmm. um, the concept of gender gender in tabletop RPG. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that accurate? Is that yes. okay? My outline's not lying to me. That's no. good. Um, so, what has that research been based on? Like, um, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, sure. Uh, so, after um, apparently, I could not stop doing research. <laughs> so, I started this research while I was still writing up the Taiwan research. <laughs> um, what I what I've been doing off and on for about three years is uh, live streaming and recording um, Dungeons and Dragons type games. Mm. Um, mostly it's been Pathfinder, although okay. most recently I'm doing a Magical Girl campaign. Um, and I don't know. I don't know Magical Girl. I don't know Magical Girls either. Um, so this one was actually new to me. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my friends just came up to me and says, I want to do a Magical Girl campaign. And I said, tell me more. Yeah, yeah. Explain yourself. Uh, It's basically, you know, it's very much like D&D, but it's based off of um, Japanese animes, specifically the ones where the main characters are magical girls. Okay. Okay. The Sailor Moons of the world. Exactly. Interesting. Sailor Moon-esque type idea. So everyone, everyone is playing a different magical girl. Uh, so you can be a magical boy. Oh, okay. Uh, so one of the people is playing a magical boy. The other two are playing magical girls. All right. All right. Interesting. Um, but that's been, that's actually, that style of game is a, a lot different when it comes to the whole gender thing that you were just asking me mm-hmm, about because mm-hmm. the other ones were Pathfinder, mm-hmm. much more traditional. I mm-hmm. mean... Pathfinder's what D and D ripoff really, yeah. and now they hate Ooh, me. Ooh, yeah! Oh. Shots fired! Shots fired! No, Pathfinder. I don't mean D&D that in a bad. Light. Yeah. I don't mean that in a bad way though. Yeah. I really like the game. I also like D and D. Yep. Um, we'll list Krista's personal address on the podcast <laughs> to retort or throw rocks. <laughs> That's how we do it here. Super pro. Um, uh, okay, so so like um, you know, in those more traditional games, like kind of what were you unpacking there? Yeah, so what I was looking at is actually more about the community around the game than it was the game itself, right? Mm. And when you play these games now, which from what I read, it was not the case back in the like sixties and seventies when they were starting. Mm-hmm. Um, the gender of your character is not really going to matter. Mm-hmm. If you play male or female, it's going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Um, however, if you are live streaming this. Um, the community watching is not going to treat you the same. Um, Mm. And I also learned that depending, and this is not true of all the GMs, I wanna say that in case Paul's listening, um, (laughs) some of the GMs also do not treat you the same. Interesting. Um, So there was, um, so basically that's gonna, there's gonna be a lot of talk about like mansplaining, for example, and then mm-hmm. the way commenters online will talk to uh, male participants versus how they would treat like me and some of the other female participants. Mm. Um, and uh, the 
the first group was especially going to take a lot of unpacking because we started this group with the idea of there's this me and this group of women basically got together we're drinking wine one night and we're like this is ridiculous why why should we bother playing with men they are just always treating us like we don't know anything and we were all like gamers in our own right Mm -hmm. um so we decided to make an all-girl group which would have been great except for apparently finding a woman gm in the milwaukee area was impossible really (laughs) yes did so i i assume you stepped up no. No. <laughs> oh. You could totally do it. You could totally do it. Um, it. If someone were to ask me to do it now, I would. Mm-hmm. At that time, you know, I was writing my dissertation. I mm-hmm. was also teaching classes at UWM. I was also working the oh, conference sure. circuit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I was just like, I cannot GM right now. It's a lot of work GMing. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It's it is. work. Mm-hmm. Right. So we ended up with um, the guy actually that I mentioned, Paul. Okay. So we have this, this male GM and four female players were calling it Ladies, Layers, and Lager. Um, we were sponsored by a bar. Very nice. And we're live streaming this, but then there's all sorts of weirdness because it's being completely marketed by the bar and the group as a ladies group. And then we have this male GM. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> problematic. It's yeah, very it really problematic. Is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm, that's tough. Hmm. I tried, like, even when everyone else said, well, we can't find anyone, nobody will do it, but we have this guy, Paul, he's really good, he mm-hmm. had participated in Iron GM and stuff at Gen Con, and oh, wow. I I tried making the case for, look, if we were just playing in your living room, I wouldn't care, but we were about to live stream yeah, it, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I said, but you, you just couldn't do it. You'd mm-hmm. almost be better off with one more male player in the group, too, because Right now, it's so aligning to the, like the, the power structure. I know. <laughs> but being like, no, it's predominantly women. I know. And yes, there's a GM and there's a player, but it's still women-centric. But having being like, there's one guy and he's running it. I know. Yeah, that's tough. Mm-hmm. I know. It was. Yeah. Mm. <sighs> Patriarchy. Yeah. It's everywhere. He was very cool, though, I will say. And he was also very... Um, uh, like he ran the game, but he was kind of hands off with his own opinion. So if anything ever came up as far as, I mean, even outside of the game, because we're mm. doing events with the bar and whatnot, um, he was very much of, hey, this is, you know, this is the ladies group. Yeah. You guys make the decision and I will just go along. Sure. Um, which was nice. But that doesn't matter because it is still the, yeah. this visually you have that power structure hierarchy of this guy who's yep, running right. it. Yep. So, you know, what what do you think you've, I don't know, the, is this research ongoing or have you kind of wrapped it at this point or is it just something you're like kind of continuing to pursue? Um, I've pretty much wrapped up the research um, and I'm just starting to kind of get, I'm starting the writing phase, kind okay. of working out how Parsing this structure is going to go. Yeah. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Okay. Where do you think your conclusion is going to end up? <laughs> or is that is that a spoiler, or is that too early to say? That's I would actually say that's a little too early to say because okay. right now at this at this point, um, and I find this true with research all the time. I always walk out of research feeling like I could write ten books, right. and none of them would repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. So right now I'm at that point of okay, I have ten books worth of data. What's gonna well basically what's gonna get published and sell? 
And then yeah. once I pick those out and put it together, sure. I will come to the conclusion that that book will actually have. Okay. Yeah, you got to run it through the capitalist ringer real quick. Unfortunately, <laughs> but yes. I often have that feeling like when we do a project here at Filament, but it's usually it's more like I have 10 pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm terrified the idea of how, of how to actually reach to a book size for things. Um, I think it's, it's just worth mentioning that, yeah, Brandon and I tonight are going to be playing Edge of the Empire we will uh, be. Star Wars RPG, and our, our GM is is a lady. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Roma, one of our uh, artists here at Filament. She's really good too. Yeah, yeah. Wow, nice. Yeah, yeah, it's maybe we can sneak you into the adventure. I don't know if you're sticking around, but <laughs> I don't know. We talk to Roma, see if I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. It would be cool. Yeah. All right. Brandon is a. Uh, <laughs> wait, what is your what's your race again? You're, it's a toy dairy. Yeah, you're you're one of the floating uh little winged possibly anti Semitic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunate uh, yeah. alien species that yeah. are yeah some kind of caricature. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but but yeah. His name's Flim Flam. His name, <laughs> his name is Flim Flam. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Do, do you guys do like accents and everything? Do you do the full on role playing? No, we're pretty uh well, I mean, I would say the group's pretty bold. Like, mm-hmm. um, Cooney uh, is playing a character who's had a uh, controversial relationship with a Wookiee doctor, mm-hmm. uh, and that's a pretty that's a pretty bold place to start your character. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. I stuck to. I mean, so like when I played Dungeons and Dragons as a kid, like we more or less approached it as like. Uh, fantasy genre, you know, tactical ops. Sure. Like, you know, we're just like we would clean, clear the room and with our our characters. So, yeah. so my character again, I just can't. It's just burned into me. It's I'm like very a, straightforward approach. It's yeah. Just like what is in this room? What, yeah. What can I reach? Yeah. What are, <laughs> what are the things available to me? All right. Where are the places there could be traps? <laughs> and like, yeah, because yeah, my brother's just, every every room had like five traps. It's just like, and it was just I'm just trained that way. But yeah, sure. other other people are actually doing better role playing than I am. I mean, yeah. I'm kind of I'm too tactically focused. I've just been hiding in crates mostly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has a disguise kit. Like oh, he has nice. these disguise kits to like. It's a master of disguise. Look like. But he's, you know, he's also this floating blob. So it's like, what types of things can he hide as? Mm-hmm. So yeah, so being a floating crate is yeah. like one of his options. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. So, stuff. so yeah, it, you know, evidently the female GMs are hiding in Madison. So uh-huh. maybe next time try to recruit across the state. I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I will keep that in mind yeah. for, uh-huh. for next time. Uh-huh. There could be one around. My um, uh, current game actually does have uh, a woman GM. Um, oh, good. It's also the first one in three years that we are not broadcasting. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Although we'll see how that goes. Maybe yeah. we'll start broadcasting. Does that change the dynamic a little bit? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. A little bit more honest and profane. Does everyone get on better behavior? Or? Um, I don't know about better behavior because like the first one I broadcast, right, we're sponsored by a bar. So oh, sure. we are on camera and drinking and yeah, swearing so because yeah, our be audience, raw. we only want our audience over 21, right? Okay. Because mm-hmm. that's the idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but the difference is... Uh, I think broadcasting, everyone put like slightly more effort into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I was when I'm broadcasting, I like do voices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. when we're not broadcasting, I'm sitting here like shoving chips in my mouth and talking <laughs> with my mouth full because it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. All right. Um, a slight uh, veer back to gender in gaming because this is something that's occurred to me recently. 
like we've we've been all up on the VR stuff here. We've mm-hmm. been like VR, VR, VR. And I was just thinking about like in many games, uh, yeah, I I'm 100. percent That doesn't even really consider me much of a factor when if I'm going to play a male or female mm-hmm. character or avatar. Like I said, like Ella Danielle or something. I was like, this will be good. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, just as a thought experiment. Uh, I I think it would be a strange day if I logged into Tomb Raider VR and I look down and I'm this like <laughs> buxom archaeologist with guns on my hips. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that'd be weird for me. And I and so I mean maybe that's just my my perspective. I actually do think that the embodied identities of VR because you're so much you're so much more immediately actually yourself. Mm-hmm. So I think when VR comes in and like tells you that you are not your gender, it's actually more disruptive than than the intermediate identities that we so often interact in with other games. I actually agree. I think that it's going to be really weird for the player. Yeah. I also think though people probably get used to it, yeah. right? I mean, once there's more and more VR, once people are using mm. it more and more. I think after that initial weirdness is over, you'll get to a point where you're like, yeah, I'm Laura Croft. Right. Cool. <laughs> and then just go go on. All right. Yeah. yeah, that could be. Maybe it'll just be a literacy thing. Yeah. Well, and depending on your internal disposition, it could actually be a, a self-actualizing <laughs> moment for you. Yeah, me. you're like, <laughs> about time. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're running a little bit short on time at the moment, but we have time for one more little segment. Oh. Or fabrication. Wow. <laughs> Gets me every so time. So I say wow sometimes. <laughs> and now it's been turned into a, a mockery of my existence. <laughs> can't, can't deal with I it. Mean, that, I mean, I probably push for that for weeks. I don't, I don't think I've, I've never pressured Josh for something <laughs> more consistently yeah. and yeah, at like, length. Yeah, there's some marketing content we want, but no, we need wow. I need that wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right. So... <laughs> So we're flipping the tables today, yeah. and Norton's going to try to bamboozle me with yeah. the fact or fabrication. Yeah. Fact fabrication, Chrisley, is just very simply two statements are made about one is true and one is not. And I've been on a rampage. Yep. I got all meta with my strategy on how to win fact or fabrication. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's like you've got my playbook. Yeah, I, I've, yeah. I've stolen the Brandon playbook. So My game has collapsed. As a, um, as a uh, way to mix it up. Uh, I'm gonna. I've got some factor fabrications <laughs> for Brandon to chew on today, right? And if I fail, mm-hmm. then I will be a comprehensive loser at this game. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, um, because you're here, I thought I would do um, a research theme for my factor fabrications. We have two facts about mm-hmm. research that has been conducted. I'm kind of scared now. Yeah. <laughs> so um, broad. So. Uh, I have got... Okay, so I'll just read them. Okay. All right, so... preparing myself. Yeah. Factor fabrication number one. Uh, Researchers at the University of Lincoln in 2011 trained a turtle to yawn on command, which they used to prove that turtles were susceptible to contagious yawning. Okay. Yeah. All right. And then number two, researchers at Princeton in the 1920s turned a cat into a functioning telephone which they use to prove that cats can be telephones. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, that's not even fair because that second one sounds <laughs> ludicrous, but it's it's almost too almost too ludicrous. A functioning telephone. Yeah. So is it the handset? Like, I oh man, I need more context for that. What does it mean to turn a cat into a functioning telephone? Are you allowed questions? Like, was it a living cat? Well, let's see. So I have. I <laughs> that's a very good question. That is. It's so just a, just a taxidermy cat. I can tell you that. <laughs> wait, no, I can't tell you things. No, you can't. There's, I, can't tell I you have things. to look okay. at just the merits because of the two okay. statements. The more I say, the more it becomes apparent. Right. How sure. my how it was triangulated. So, uh, I can tell more once Brandon has. Uh, has come through Flipped on this. a coin and decided which ludicrous premise is more ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. God, I don't know. Because I'm just like, in the mind of Dan Norton, what's better? <laughs> like, <laughs> actually, like, I, I could see you finding that fact, if it is a fact, and basically your life being complete after that point. <laughs> like, someone turned a cat into a phone. Mm-hmm. And you've got cats, mm-hmm. so maybe you've got ideas now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you said you were done with your iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <today>. Just <laughs> carry a cat around I'm all day. I'm making the switch to cats. Yeah. Um, boy. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm going to say the turtle is the fabrication. I'm doing it. Yes. All right. That's fabrication. All right. So they, uh, <laughs> they actually did train a turtle to yawn on command, but it did not conclusively prove that turtles were susceptible to <laughs> contagious yawning. It's just it, the research outcome. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, what it did both, they conclude? Uh, just the, that yeah, that turtles and total turtles are indifferent this to, turtle, to yawns. This turtle needs a nap. Yeah, turtles, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, well, you have a logical jump in the statement. Hmm? There's a logical jump in the statement because being contagious, the yawning being contagious is different than it being on command, right? If I yawn and you oh. yawn, that's being contagious. Right, right, right. If I say, Dan Norton, you need to yawn right now, that's a different cause. Oh, well, so so what they did is they put the turtle in with other turtles. Okay. And then they're like, hey, turtle, do the yawn. <laughs> and then that turtle would yawn. And then they looked to see if the other turtles would yawn. <laughs> I think it's still fair to say that is a command and yawn a decent impetus? Or were the other turtles like, you're faking. <laughs> I see. That's not an authentic yawn, so I don't feel compelled to so yawn. So you're right. You add that more information, and then mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. it makes a difference. Yep. Okay, so before we wrap up, I have to know, what what is a functioning cat telephone? What does that mean? Uh, Do you not know? <laughs> no, I've got it right here. Uh, so <laughs> it's a little grim, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> they totally made a cat into a phone, though. Uh they uh, they attach an electrode to the animal's right auditory nerve and a second electrode to another area on the cat's body. Then they hooked it up to a vacuum tube amplifier, uh, and then they send the signals through a telephone receiver. One researcher made sound in the cat's ears while the other listened at the receiver in the soundproof room. And and you know they basically you know like you know Watson, can you come here? Kind of like ta da, we did it. Uh, wow. And then I mean yeah, so it was it was I. There are more details, but it's actually, yeah, it's not a very happy experiment. But the All idea right. of turning a cat into a phone well, 
is really that is you know that's at the heart of the scientific endeavor so it sounds like some spy tech yeah right you can just just send the kitty into the room yeah that was i think we yeah we've had a factor fabrication before about modified cats (laughs) (laughs) yes Uh, um you know as as Patton oswalt once said science is often about coulda not about shoulda yeah that's Um, true (laughs) so this is an excellent example of that yeah i uh i started trying to being like well i'm gonna go find uh i wanted to find something that was really uh, wrong in a really complicated way. That was like my first stop. So I was like looking through like various like fallacious geometric proofs. I was like, oh, right. this was good. Yeah. But then, <laughs> and then I thought about how terrible it would be from a listener's perspective, being like, I don't care about C squared being broken apart and like hiding a zero in it somewhere. It's like, you know, it's like so. Uh, so right. but then I found the cat telephone thing and I was like okay that was good I need to go find some other ridiculous research and then uh, tweak it well you succeeded my friend yeah well done yep well done all around well done Crystal Lee thank you very much thank you for coming and joining us today it's been a real pleasure and we hope you do come back again soon sure but I believe that's all the time we have for today so let's wrap it up alright thanks everybody we'll see you next week thanks everyone Thanks for listening to the Filament Games podcast. If you'd like to hear more about games, game-based learning, and what goes on inside our studio, subscribe today on iTunes or Stitcher.